I'm Jimmy James. I'm Carl Knapp. Carl is a practicing attorney in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. We're longtime friends, and once a week we get together to talk about divorce, child support, custody, criminal law, and much more. So come hang out, because this is Just Lawing Around. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Just Lawing Around Podcast. This week we're going to be talking about how to save money during your divorce and your sanity, if necessary. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of ways that you can save money and not spend as much. I'm sure people talk themselves into more money. Like uh, me and you, Carl, were just talking about how people just talk about nonsense when they're on the phone with you and they're paying for that time, which they don't need to do. They can save money by doing that. That's that's right. And yeah, we were talking a little bit. We're uh, we're kind of trying to give some people some tips here on if you hire a lawyer to to handle your divorce. Lawyers can get expensive and nobody likes paying their lawyer. So I'm going to I'm going to try to cut into my business here and give some advice as to how to not pay your lawyer as much as you should. And I don't mean beat them out of money, but I mean, you don't have to talk to your lawyer about certain things. There's certain things you can do in terms of keeping the price down when you hire a lawyer to handle your divorce. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. So like when you get a lawyer, like how, I mean, so how does it work? Like you have a flat rate or an hourly wage or is there, it does it change between case to case, whether it's criminal or, you know, divorce, like how does all that work for you? Each, you, most lawyers will bill hourly. There's, especially in divorce cases, cause it's tough to predict how much time you're going to spend. Some, some lawyers will do flat fee. A flat fee is just a set amount that you agree on, like, okay, it's going to be a $2,000 fee, and it doesn't matter how much time is expended. But most lawyers, especially divorce lawyers, will bill hourly. And hourly rates in this area can can fluctuate anywhere from, say, 200 an hour to, like, upwards of 400 or 450 an hour. So if you're paying 450 an hour or even 300 an hour for a lawyer, you want to be focused... And you want to make sure that, you know, you're you're spending your money wisely. You're not just spending money or wasting it on things that don't matter. So if all right, so you're saying you have an hour you hourly wages. I mean, sometimes you do flat rates, I'm sure, for certain things. But so for the hourly wage, what when does the clock start ticking for that? And what keeps the clock ticking for that? Like obviously talking to you. Uh, obviously, if you're in the courthouse representing them for trial, what about like email correspondence or anything like that? Does that count as well? Yes. Any time that I spend, and it applies to most lawyers, any time I spend on your case is billable time. And that would include uh, emails, uh, talking on the phone. If I talk to the other lawyer, if I have a conference with the judge, if I'm sitting in the courtroom, like you said, if I'm drafting a motion or if I'm reviewing a motion, all that is billable time. Some lawyers bill for travel time. So if you have a lawyer that's got to drive a half an hour to get to the court, they're going to bill you for that half an hour of travel time. Oh, that's interesting. I never thought of that. I guess that makes yeah. sense. Do you, yeah, but, do you bill for travel time or is I, it like after a certain distance? Okay, we'll, we'll start billing for that. Yeah, I usually bill a reduced rate travel time. I usually don't bill full travel time. So, like, if if I travel from my office to, say, Montgomery County Courthouse, that might take me half hour, 40 minutes in traffic. By the time I park, you know, walked 
So I might charge, you know, a total of a half an hour or something like that. So oh, some lawyers, bad. okay, yeah, no, other lawyers, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I try not to kill people in the fee, but I do have to make a living. The other thing you got to watch: some lawyers bill for strange things like copy expenses, uh, costs, um, mailing. Like uh, some lawyers bill for like postage and stuff like How that. How would you know I, if they're billing for that? Yeah, well, when you get the bill, it you'll see it on there. It'll say postage. It'll say copy cost. It should be. When you hire a lawyer, you should have what's called a fee agreement. Lawyers are required to tell a client in advance what their fee arrangement is. So I have a fee agreement that goes out to clients, and it says basically what we just talked about. I bill for any time I spend on your case, and that's that's email communication, that's text communication, that's court time, that's drafting of documents, it's legal research. How do you bill for like that. a text communication? You just, it's like one text, uh, like fall under like one minute or something? Yeah, I, and, and again, I'm I'm probably not that the best at billing. I, I let a lot of stuff slip through the cracks. If we text- <laughs> You might not want to say that. <laughs> yeah, no, that doesn't mean I will <laughs> all the time, but yeah, I, you know, but if, it's there's some discretion in it. My fee letter says that there's a there's a a minimum amount of time that I bill for say a letter, and it's, it's called a it's a point two, which is um, twelve minutes of time. So you know if for, I read wait, a letter, for a letter or, to read a letter, you mean to to read a letter or to respond to an email. Now again, I don't I generally don't bill every single letter if somebody if you send me a text and says what time's court tomorrow and i text back and say 9 a.m i don't bill for that right okay but if, if you text me and say hey um you know my wife didn't return the kid today and i text back and say well why not and you said well she was supposed to be here right, and now I you're having a dialogue right. yeah now that i would i would bill so there is some discretion in it. I mean, if I'm sitting in court, I'm sitting in court. I get there at nine o'clock. Even if I'm sitting there waiting an hour for the judge to call my case or call your case, I have to bill for that time. I mean, I'm there. I can't do anything else. Yeah. They say be there at so, 1030. They don't call you until three. Well, that, that's, <laughs> that's exactly right. It's a big problem with the court system is, yeah, you have an eight, you have an 830 hearing and you get there and there's 10 cases and right. you twiddle you twiddle your some thumbs till eleven thirty, and and then yeah, and that's all billable for you. So, do you have do you ever have any like like idea of when somebody could be called? Like, do they do it by name alphabetically or anything like that? You generally don't know until you you get there. You okay. you show up and you check in with the clerk, and the clerk clerk will say, "Oh, uh, yeah, Mister Knapp, you're you're number four on the list." So. But you don't know ahead of time generally where you're going to be. So if you're representing a client, do you meet him there at that 830 or do you have them let you know where they are on the list and then you decide when you're going to show up? Like, how does that work? I, I usually tell them to be there. If it's scheduled for 830, I say be there at 830 because I don't know if we're number one on the list or we're number eight on the list. And sometimes they That's go out of order. Uh, yeah, it's it's. It's tough because, yeah, I don't know. And, of course, the, the time that you show up late is the time that you're number one on the list. And then the judge, <laughs> yeah. you know, he screams at you. Yep. <laughs> and you're, you're late. And then so. you got a ticked-off judge when you're in front of him. <laughs> yeah, so you, you get there. And sometimes they take them out of order. You know, I've, I've been, you know, three or four on the list. But maybe the first two cases are, are 
talking, right? So they're out in the hallway talking. So the judge says, okay, I'm going to take uh, case number three now. While they're working other, it out, right? Yeah, while they're working it out. So you never know. But I so mean, I'm sorry, leaves. just to be clear. So they show up at 830 and you also show up at 830? Yes. If um, I, I would be there whenever the court says it's if it's 830, I'll be there at 830. Well, okay. as you get there a little, you know, 815 or something like that. Now, going back to the how you bill them and like your, you know, you said you had a reduced travel fee, right? For instance, how would something like that work out during like or how did it, I guess, work out during like the COVID stuff? Because you didn't have any travel. I mean, would you put a flat fee then or did you just no. exempt travel altogether? No, no. If I don't if I don't drive, if I don't travel, I don't I don't build a client for that. So actually, the covid has saved clients a lot of money because it cuts out a lot of that travel time. It also cuts out a lot of the waiting because I was going to say, cause they schedule it, right? Cause they schedule it. And a lot of times, you know, if it's a zoom or something you log in at whatever, nine o'clock and you sit in the waiting room, I may be able to do other things while I'm sitting in the waiting room. So I don't double bill clients, right? I don't, I don't bill you, if I'm sitting in the waiting room and then I don't bill other clients if, while I'm waiting, I send emails, right? So I don't, I don't double bill like that. I oh, think so like during that time, you're 100% on that case and that person. Correct. And and if I'm not, if if I get an email from the judge and says, hey, well, I'm running late, um, I'm pushing your case back to 10, then I don't bill my client from So from, you're you know, off the clock for him. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah, so I don't. That's respectable. I, don't, I like that. Yeah, I, I look. I try to be fair with with people the best I can because these things can get divorces can get expensive. People always ask, "Well, what's a divorce cost?" And my answer is, "I don't know. It, it depends on a lot of things. It depends on how much you're going to fight over, right? Because if you fight over a lot of stuff, it costs. There's more time, and it costs you more money." If you reach agreements, then it costs you a lot less money. And I try to get my clients to reach agreements. It's one of the, you know, one of my tips for people to save money is if you can reach agreements with your spouse, it's going to save you a lot of money down the road. Right. And if you, as we just said, if we have to go to court on everything and you go to court and you sit there for three, four hours, you know, if you have a lawyer that's billing at, 300 an hour that could be 1200 $1, $1,500 to go to court right yeah that can add up fast <laughs> that can add up fast so if you could talk to your spouse and say hey we've agreed uh, to the custody or we've agreed to the support number it's helpful you don't have to fight over everything people feel like they have to fight over everything and yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, that's where you make your money off those emotions. <laughs> well, I, I do. Look, I make money if people get emotional and they want to fight over, you know, stuff to me that's not important and stuff that I can't help you with. So a lot of people want to fight over emotional stuff or they want to talk to me about emotional stuff. And I'm sympathetic. I, I'll listen. But. You know, one of the, one of my tips is, you know, don't lose your, don't use your lawyer as a therapist. Right. I'm not, I'm not a therapist. That's out of your lane. Right. Yeah. I'll be happy to talk to you. And if you want to complain about your spouse to me about how they're no good and how they did this and how they did that and how you hate them. And 
I'll listen, but you know, if I spend a half hour listening, you get billed for a half an hour. <laughs> right. So yeah. It's it's probably cheaper to pay a therapist. Well, like look, going going back to, to like me. the the emails and the text messages and all that stuff. I kind of wanted to ask, like, uh, you know, if something happens or something new develops in the case, or you know, to to crunch down on those texts, you recommend like for me, maybe I was thinking you could, you know, write down your questions as they come, and maybe at the end of the week have a conversation where you can hit all the topics instead of just having one conversation and then calling back and having another conversation, like, like condense it into all one. Right. Absolutely. And that's, that's a great point. One of the things I tell my clients that kind of falls under the category of be organized. So if, if you have one thing and it hits your mind and you say, Oh, you know what? I'm going to call Carl. And I pick, you pick up the phone and you call me and we have a conversation and you, okay, you get billed for the phone call. And then tomorrow you say, Oh, you know what? I forgot to ask him about this. Then you call me back. So, okay. We talk again and you get billed for another phone call. So <laughs> if, if you're, if you're disorganized, you know, everybody wants an answer now, but yeah, if you can very be, impatient world. Yeah. Very impatient. That's, you know, well, the, and, and when you're going through text. those emotions, it's hard to stay impatient because sometimes your response is like what the, the hope that they're holding on to, you know? Yeah. And so you, I, you I get to, it. You have to take the emotion out of it and it's hard to do, but if you want to have emotions, it's better to not spend time talking to your lawyer about that because most the cases, you know, when we, when we talk about equitable distribution and stuff, it's no fault divorce anyway. So whether your spouse is a no good SOB doesn't really matter. Or narcissist. A lot of people, yeah, a lot of people. <laughs> I know you love that word. <laughs> narcissist. Yeah, every, everybody's a narcissist in my business. <laughs> it's either my client or it's the other side. The I knew that was going to trigger you. You jumped right on that. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I had a dollar every time I, I had a client tell me the other party's a narcissist, I'd be retired right now. <laughs> well, like we keep talking about, one of these days we're going to have a whole podcast yeah. just on that. I know you love talking about narcissists too. So I, I, I yeah, think it's a fascinating a- topic and, and I won't go too far into it, but I do want to say for anybody that is listening, there is a lot of criteria that has to be met to be a narcissist. And you can have three out of five of those things and not be a narcissist. So some people are just, they're just jerks. That's just all they are. Well, th- that's the other thing. And I, you know, peop- there's a lot of people that are jerks and there are a lot of people that are unreasonable and, that's usually why people are getting divorced, right? Because they're either both jerks or one of them's a jerk. Right. And, and they're getting divorced. But I can't change that. You can call me as a lawyer. You can complain all you want. I'll listen to you. But I can't change your spouse. Right. So you're wasting your time complaining. I mean, that's definitely about. a waste of money for them. But that's a come up for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get paid the same whether I'm giving legal advice or whether I'm talking about, you know, what, which holidays you want, you know, do you, do you right. want Christmas or do you want Thanksgiving? Now, that's not really legal advice. That's, that's you know, maybe an aspect of a custody case. Right. But those are kind of things you really should decide with your spouse. Not oh, like the know, time, or, yeah, 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 or the like other parent, the holidays and all that stuff. Yeah, because because one of the other points I tell people is you don't really want a judge making decisions o- over your kids or controlling your life. You really want to control your own destiny. Well, yeah, because their decisions are going to be very general and they might not be the most convenient. 
No, and you're you're generally not going to be happy with it. Everybody thinks they're going to come in, they're going to say what they want, and they're going to get what they want. Right. It doesn't work that way. I mean, you you got to be reasonable. You got to be willing to compromise because if you come in and just say, "I want these ten things." And if I don't get them, we're going to court. I mean, even if you have a million dollars, that's probably not going to happen. You could have the best lawyer in the world. It's still not going to happen. It's very rare that you would get 100% of anything. Right. It's just, it's not going to happen. So when people come in and they say, oh, I want this, 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 and this, I'll usually say to them, look, these are the big issues. Let's, Let's focus on the big issues. These little things, and I'll call them little things like, Custody, for example, okay, sh- should the kids be retu- returned at 7 o'clock or 7.30? Okay, it- it's probably not that big a deal to a judge. Right. Probably not that big a deal to the kids, a half an hour. Right. So do you want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars going to court to fight over that half an hour? Yeah, I mean, right. you kind of got to pick your battle at that point. Yeah. Because you could walk in there and the judge is just going to give the original time that you disagreed with and you just spent all that money for no reason. Yeah, the judge might just flip a coin, not not literally flip right. a coin, but the one side's going to say seven and the other side's going to say 7.30. Judge is going to say, okay, it's 7.30. Done. Next case. Right. And you, like you said, you spent a lot of money to get to that point. You spent a lot of money on your lawyer. You You had to go to court that day. And then when you get get the bill from the lawyer, you're going to complain and say, oh my God, I didn't know it cost that much. How much of your, uh, your income would you say is generated from these sideline conversations that aren't necessary? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. (laughs) 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 I put myself out of business here. (laughs) I mean, I'd imagine it's pretty high. I would say, I mean, if you if you held me to it, yeah, it's probably forty percent, maybe. That's that significant. Would, that's that's significant. Forty percent like, of your business is these conversations that don't need to happen. Correct, and I, I would say, well, when you say don't need to happen, some people just have to vent. Right? Sure, they just but they don't have. need to vent to you. No, they don't. They'd be better off venting to their therapist or venting to their is there, sister or their brother so or their family members. When they call you and they are venting to you, I, obviously, I'm, I'm going to assume that a lot of your responses are either legal or general. But is there like a line that you have to tiptoe around as far as giving like psychiatric advice? I won't give psychiatric advice. Right. I I would, I would tell people, I will tell people if, if I see something to me, which is unhealthy or somebody's really struggling mentally, I will tell them, look, you should probably talk to a mental health professional. Right. Like if you're really, if you really hate your spouse that much and you it's kind of interfering with your life. You probably should go talk to a mental health professional about that. Yeah, no, I agree. And I'm sure that happens all the time because, you know, a divorce and breaking up with somebody, leaving somebody, you know, losing a house, a family, kids, like change, that change is like some people, they can't handle it. And I don't think we're supposed to handle that, which is why we're, I don't know. You, they, they say you should know, you should only get married once, <laughs> but that's not the yeah. society we live in. 
and I couldn't imagine going through that. So 40% of your income you're saying is these conversations that, that if people didn't have would save them money. It's a rough, it's a rough estimate, but yes, if they, if people kind of cut out the unimportant stuff and I don't, I don't mean to say it's unimportant because it's a, it's a very important to clients. Right. But not the case, not the outcome of the case. It's just not right. It's not important to the outcome of the case. It's not going to change the outcome of the case. Right. And and I'm hired to get either get you divorced or get a custody agreement in place or get a support order in place or get equitable distribution resolved. And I understand that there's this whole emotional component, but I'm not hired to fix the emotional component. I right. can't, I'm not, I'm not a mental health professional. I don't do that. Right. I'm hired to get you divorced. I'm hired to get you the amount of support that you're legally entitled to, not the amount of support that your girlfriend says you should get, or your sister says you should get. So one of the other things I tell people is when you go through a divorce, everybody has an opinion. So you talk to your friends, they all have an opinion. Oh, you should do this. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you should get this. Or you should be getting that. Oh, you should be getting, oh, I, I got $2,500 a month. Why, why aren't you getting $2,500 a month? What's your lawyer doing? Oh my gosh. It, it, it's Because your scenario ain't the same. Your, your scenario is not the same. Everyone is different and you can drive yourself insane if you just spend time talking to people and everybody gives you their opinion on what you should do and what you shouldn't do. But you really should listen to your lawyer, not your friends that are not lawyers. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it seems like a lot of people, they're not necessarily fighting because they want the TV or they want the car. I, I feel like a lot of people fight because they just want to beat the other person. Yeah, they want to they want to win, which I tell clients there's no winning in divorce. Right. I've, I've, had, I've had people come in and say, well, you know, what percentage of your cases do you win? And I say, well, you know, define win. How do you win a divorce? Right. <laughs> you're, you're getting, you're separating, you're going to spend money, you're going to divide your assets, you're going to have to come up with some custody if you have that. You're going to have one party or the other is going to have to pay money. It's really a lose-lose. It's, it's, you're going to, it's how much, how much you're going to lose is really the question. Not, you don't win a divorce. So I, I don't like when people come in and say, well, you know, I want to win. I want to win. Well, if you, if, if your definition of win is that you want to get every single thing that you want a hundred percent, you're going to be unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to happen. And it's in, just in not going to happen. I know that in a lot of divorce cases, I kind of have maybe two questions, I guess, but in a lot of divorce cases, there's, well, one, is there always one lawyer or is there always two lawyers or can that go back and forth? Can one lawyer, I guess one lawyer can't represent both parties or maybe they can, maybe that's a conflict of interest. Uh, I, I don't know. No, but no, you can't. Okay. You can't and then if you have, so that was my first question, which I guess we'll get back to your answer in a second. Let me just get the second one out. Um, yep. If you... If you do hire a lawyer and say that you guys have joint bank accounts or you had joint money and that's something that's getting split or something along those lines, would the money come out of that for the lawyers before it got split or would that just be something that you guys handle privately once it is split? 
if I if I understand the question, the lawyer gets paid from the client. So if I represent you, you pay me, not not your not your spouse. Right. Now, if you if you get half of the assets, if you get half of that joint bank account and there's twenty grand in it, and you get ten thousand, and then you would pay me from you could pay me from that money. I don't care where you get the money from. Okay, honest, so that, so but, so yeah. during the divorce, the the finance part doesn't get allocated to the lawyers. It gets allocated to the person, and then the person right. pays the lawyers. That that that's right. Okay, and. And the other thing you got to keep consider, there's a lot of lawyers out there. One of the things you can ask for in a divorce context is you can ask, you can make a claim for counsel fees. And what that is, that's that's something that I would request. I would say, okay, judge, I want the other party to pay for my counsel fees. And so if I represent wife, we say we want, we want husband to pay for my counsel fees. Mm-hmm. You, It almost never happens in reality. Well, what what kind lot, of scenario would that happen? It, it's very unusual that one party would pay the other party's counsel fees. I have seen partial payment where you might get, you know, a few hundred bucks or a thousand bucks or 1500. If the party, the, if the one party is difficult and they cause problems and they cause a lot of litigation sometimes the judges will say you know the other since you racked up the bill we're going to make you pay some of it some of the other party's bill it's very unusual that's though because that's yeah. more like a that's more of like a sympathetic decision rather than like a legal yeah, decision it's kind of based on your actions during the divorce if right. you file a lot of baseless petitions and you dragged it out and suppose you didn't comply with discovery you didn't give the documents you were supposed to give and then your lawyer had to file you know a motion to compel and then you didn't comply with the motion to the compel and then they if they created a lot of problems then they can get hit with counsel fees right okay but i tell my clients don't don't depend on that. There are a lot of unscrupulous lawyers that'll say, oh, don't worry about my bill because I'm going to make your husband pay for everything. So don't worry about it. Unscrupulous. And then they, That's a good word. <laughs> yeah. They say, yeah, yeah, unscrupulous. It's a 25 cent word there. So <laughs> you can yeah, you define it. <laughs> it just means kind of like dishonest or you okay. know, sne- sneaky. So they, you know, they, they try to get the client to not look at the bill. Right. And not, and then because they because they think, well, I'm not going to what do I care? Because my spouse is going to pay for it all. Right. And then at the end of the case, when it doesn't get paid by the spouse, then they're like, well, I guess you got to pay me because ultimately <laughs> you're responsible for paying your own lawyer. Right. OK. And then yeah. the uh, so then each party would have their own lawyer. There wouldn't be a, a you couldn't. There's no scenario where you could have one lawyer represent both. If Maybe if it's like a, you know, it's non contested and they're both in agreement or something, you would still have separate lawyers. You would still you get well you can have separate lawyers or you don't have to hire a lawyer at all. Uh, we kind we right. kind of started this conversation. Yeah, kind of started it. You don't have to hire a lawyer. So I have cases where I represent one party and the other party doesn't have a lawyer. They so represent themselves. Then, in the context of saving money, in what scenarios would you recommend that somebody hires a lawyer? If you're fighting over property, like equitable distribution and stuff, mm-hmm. I would it I think you're always going to do better with a lawyer than if you represent yourself. 
I, okay. I just think you're, I have just from doing this from years and years, people will complain about, oh, I had to pay my lawyer five grand or 10 grand. But if you look at the amount of money they got versus what they would have received if they didn't have a lawyer, mm-hmm. it's generally, you generally will get way more money if you have a lawyer. Okay. Uh, so, mean, and you do, so what, obviously you work off an hourly rate. Uh, you don't have to disclose that here. I'm sure if anybody's interested, you can reach out his information's at the end of the podcast. But uh, do you have flat fees? Like what kind of scenarios would you have a flat fee instead of an hourly uh, wage? If you, if you even have them. I occasionally will do flat fees. I will do them sometimes in my, and we're talking mostly divorce now, but I, I have some criminal cases where I'll do a flat fee. If it's a, say a traffic ticket or something, I'll just say, okay, it's X dollars to handle your traffic ticket. Uh, if I have an uncontested divorce, I will do a flat fee. And uncontested generally means we're not going to fight over property. You're going to come in. You're going to agree. Your spouse is going to agree. I'm going to do the paperwork. You're both going to sign it. I'm going to file it and get you divorced. Okay. I usually will do a flat fee on something like that because it's very, it's very defined what I'm going to be doing in the case. If I have a case where there's equitable distribution and there's custody and there's support, I will generally not do a flat fee because I have no idea how much time I'm going to spend on it. I mean, I could come up with an astronomical number and say, well, it's $15,000 flat fee. Right. Most people aren't going to pay that. <laughs> so, yeah, that's yeah, a lot. It, yeah. So, and I, I'm honest with my clients. I say, Look, the more you guys can resolve on your own and the less you fight over, the less you're going to pay me. It's as simple as that. Right. So okay. So, so learn to agree on things. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to compromise. If you guys can sit down at the table and agree to certain things, whether it's support or whether it's custody, you're going to save a ton of money. You know, everybody wants to have their day in court. Everyone wants a trial. The reality is most cases settle. Right. And they settle for a couple of reasons. One, because going to trial is extremely expensive. And two, you never know what you're going to get when you go to trial. See, everybody right. everybody wants to go to trial because they think they're going to get exactly what they want. Well, if I go to trial, I'm going to get exactly what I want. And I, I've said this a couple of times on the podcast. If you think you're going to get 100% of what you want, you're going to be terribly disappointed. <laughs> yeah absolutely you're gonna be disappointed when it's all over it just it doesn't happen well there's two sides no matter what so right because because the other side's saying the exact same thing right the other side's saying i want exactly what i want and you're saying i want exactly what i want do you ever have people that that have like uh agreements and like come together and it's just simple a lot yeah i have a lot a lot really a lot i would say well it's, it's tough to say i have a lot of people that will resolve one thing like okay custody we've resolved but we're we're fighting over, you know, equitable distribution, or we've just divided our property, but we don't really have custody worked out, or we're fighting over support. We don't know exactly what the number is, right? But okay. a, a lot of those things resolve, and even I talk to the other lawyer a lot of times, and and the case will resolve. You know, I was always curious about this, and, and now it's in my head. I'm going to ask you. I don't like obviously lawyers. They have a very professional standing in the in the system and when they're representing their clients, do you, do you ever just like hate the opposite lawyer? <laughs> like, 
Because I feel like if I was a lawyer, I would hate everything about you until this is over. <laughs> it's funny. There's there there are lawyers, and obviously I'm not going to name them. There are so some come to mind. Are, all right. Yeah, there are lawyers that as soon as I see their name, I go, ugh. I I hate that guy or I hate that lady. Yeah. (laughs) But I would say that's not, I would, you know, you you like percentages, I know. So (laughs) I would say of the lawyers I deal with, I would say, you know, if I had to break it down, I would say that there's about maybe 25%, 20, 25% of lawyers out there that do this kind of work, you know, family law, mm. that I just, I can't stand, right? They just rub me the wrong way. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I'm pretty, amount, I'm pretty, though. yeah, I'm pretty easy going. <laughs> and then there's probably another 25% that I really like. So I'm like, oh, I, lo- I like that guy. You know, he's reasonable. I can call him up. We can get the case resolved, right? I know, right. I know he'll be reasonable or she'll be reasonable. And then there's probably the you know the other fifty percent is kind of like a mix, right? I I don't love them, but I don't despise them either. They're kind of so. In the what makes the difference between the two? Like, why would one lawyer call and be willing and wanting to resolve something as opposed to not? Like, you know, like why would the others be so argumentative or pushing back? Yeah, it's it's a personality thing with some people. And and one of one of the kind of tips I would tell people is a lot of people say, oh, I want to, you know, I want to go out and hire an aggressive lawyer. You know, you see all these these ads all the time. Right? I'm an aggressive lawyer. I will fight for you. I'll fight for your rights. Oh, you know, right. these people, yeah. you get them in, you get them in the family law too. aggressive, aggressive. Everyone wants to be aggressive. All that means, yeah, you know, it's on TV, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. All that means is, you know, that lawyer's going to fight with everybody over everything. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I, I can hear it in your voice. Like, right? I so, see there's like a name hovering in your head. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to say. I got, <laughs> I, got, I got a case now with one, and I'm like, from the, from the first phone call. Rub me the wrong way. It's just like, oh. <laughs> because it's like, you know, they're going to get on the phone and they're going to tell me this is the way it is. We're doing this, 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 and this. This is what we're right. doing. Right. And I, you know me, I'm pretty laid back, but you know, I, you know, I, you can rub me the wrong way and like, no, we're not doing that. First right, of all, right. that's, that's BS. We're not doing that. Well, we're not, we're not, we're not doing the, and the, these people <laughs> like they, you know, you're going to fight over everything. And, if the other side hires that person, unfortunately, my client's going to spend a ton of money because I know we're not going to agree on anything. Right. And right, why, why do they do that? I, I think some some people want that lawyer that's just going to be a pain in the backside, you know. Right. And, but you're just you're paying a lot of money. You're not getting any bang for your buck. You're I feel like that not. kind of a lawyer is just like it's a constant ego battle instead of a you know resolving the the case or problem. Yeah, I'm gonna one up this lawyer. Like most most of these cases settle within a certain range. So if you come in, and you know, if the, if the range is is you know between fifty percent and sixty percent, and you hire one of these aggressive lawyers, it's going to come in and go, "Well, we're, we want eighty percent, or we're going to court." <laughs> well, guess what? The, the case isn't really settled. <laughs> Right. (laughs) And you're going to go to court and we're going to spend money and they're going to spend money. And guess what the judge is going to do? The judge is going to say, okay, the number is 55%. Right. Okay. So why did we waste 
uh, all this time and effort and money fighting over some unreasonable position when we all kind of know i've been doing this 30 years i i can predict pretty well what's a reasonable solution and what's not right so i'm not going to tell my client oh don't worry we're going to get 100 percent of everything don't sweat yeah, it you're we selling got false it. hope yeah right it, it's not going to happen and but there's a lot of lawyers that will do that and they'll be very aggressive and they'll file a bunch of stuff and they'll file a bunch of motions and they'll spend everybody's money and i don't think they get any better results than anybody else is there ever a scenario where that type of lawyering is it works out for the better i find it's <laughs> i know it's a hard question for you yeah no i look i don't i don't think it does personally because i and it's not because I'm not that I'm not that way because I don't think it benefits the client. Right. And I agree I with that. I don't think it does either. Now, it may be like in a, in a personal injury context where if you're fighting with an insurance company or something and you, it, it may play out better in something like that. Right. Or may, okay. maybe in criminal law context, it may play out better in, in a family law, domestic law. It doesn't play out all that well. So I don't think it works. And when I get people like that on the other side, it actually turns me off and then I become less agreeable because yeah. I'm, you know, now they're dictating to me, well, this is the way it's going to be. And then we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And I'm like, well, no, you're and not. That's when the ego turns off. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it becomes an ego thing. Right, right. You say, hey, I'm, no, I'm not doing that. That doesn't, <laughs> that's not the right answer. That's it's stupid. I've had a couple of cases where lawyers have really taken an aggressive stance and then gotten to the end of the case and then have just got hammered. <laughs> and, and, and I don't you know. You gotta love that. I, I love it. I, t I tell you, I love it. Um, <laughs> I had one not too long ago and I gotta be careful, but it, we were fighting over support and there was this, he was a younger lawyer, very aggressive. And from the first time I talked to him, he was, his, his position was basically, your client's not getting anything. Your client's not getting anything. Uh -huh. I said, okay, why do you say that? Well, uh, we're not paying anything. You're not going to get anything, blah, 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 blah. And he had these stupid arguments. Too fresh out of school. <laughs> he was, he, he was a young, you know, and a young, aggressive guy. And, and my client was like, oh my God, I'm not going to get anything. I said, don't worry about it. Well, we, we litigated the thing because he wouldn't agree to anything. Right. And at the end of the day, he got hammered. You know, he had he had to pay. He actually paid more than we had asked for originally. Oh my gosh! <laughs> and it was funny because shortly thereafter, he got fired. So, oh my gosh! But I'm like, why? Why would you do that? Like, why would you take this aggressive stance? You know, it's not right. You know, you're not helping your client. Right. You're not gonna. You're not gonna win that. Yeah, doesn't and that become like an ethical problem too? I think, I think it might. I mean, I, I think you're just giving the client bad advice. If I go to a client, look, you're gonna get you're gonna get five thousand dollars a month in support, okay? Right. And we're not taking a penny less. We're not taking a penny less. And I know really that the support guidelines are two thousand dollars a month. Right. And I take my client's money to go through domestic relations and then go through, you know, the, the hearing officer and then go to a judge and da, 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 da. And I bill my client, you know, $5,000 to do that. And they end up getting $2,000, which is 
the amount they should have gotten all along, but I was telling them they were going to get five. I feel like you can sue for that. <laughs> oh, I have an on. I mean, my, first of all, my client's going to be pissed. Yeah, right? absolutely. They're going to probably fire me. And they then paid based on false hope. Sure. And then they're going to tell everybody, oh, you know what? If you're getting divorced, don't hire Nat. You right, know? right. Because he, he's an idiot. Don't hire him. <laughs> right. So I don't get some of these people that, that take these hard line stances, but I don't know if they make money doing that. I don't know if they just build the heck out of every single client hey, doing it. On a scale it. of like one to 10, how, how bad do you want to say this person's name? <laughs> like, like a nine i know you do i can tell it's like you're like, speaking to him hoping he hears this like <laughs> I, I, I have like five i have like five names i could rattle off I, look i i view myself look I, I think lawyers should be professionals I, agree. I think i view myself as a professional not not a slimy used car salesman right you know i view us on the same level as say doctors right that, that we're we're professionals we go to school a long time we have a certain skill set and clients hire us for that skill set we don't have to be rude and ignorant and bullies and and fight everybody over every single thing i don't think that's what lawyers do. I'm going to fight for you. I'm going to get you the best result that I can get for you, but I'm not going to make you pay me to, you know, fight over dumb stuff or stuff that I know you're going to lose. Right. I don't think that's fair to you. You don't try and milk the clock. Right. I'm not trying to milk the clock. I right. would make more money if I said, look, don't take anything less than $5,000. So I would make a ton more money, but it's not fair to the client. It's not ethical. Right. In my mind. Right. So when it comes to hiring a lawyer, what what kind of, uh, in your opinion, what would be good questions to ask or inquire about when hiring a lawyer? I think you kind of got to get somebody you're on the same page with personality wise. Okay. It's, you, have to, you have to be able to get along with them because don't forget you talk to your lawyer a lot throughout this stuff and you're going through a lot of emotional stuff. So you want somebody you can relate to. You want somebody that's sympathetic to you and you also want somebody who's going to be honest with you if you come to me and say hey i want to, i want to file this motion carl because you know I, I want to get whatever relief from the court you need a lawyer that's going to say look that's not a good idea right. you're going to spend a lot of money and you're not going to get what you want so yeah, I've never hired a lawyer on my own, so it's kind of tough to say, but I think I mean, it's a kind thing. of a personality thing. <laughs> yeah, I do most of, my, most of my own lawyering, but <laughs> but yeah, and I think you got you want to look at maybe reviews. I think the best way to really hire a lawyer is to talk to somebody who's been through it. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, is that like, it, what? what is your most common way of finding new clients? Is it through word of mouth? Most of my, yeah, most of my clients come through you know, recommendations from former clients. And then a lot of people just find me, you know, they Google divorce lawyer near me or, or lawyer near me or, and that, and I get a lot of people that way. Usually when a client calls me, I say, well, how'd you get my name? And they say, oh, well, my brother used you and you did a great job or, well, I just Googled lawyer and your name came up and you had a lot of five-star reviews. So... But you, you should talk to the lawyer at least and see if you can deal with that person because you don't want a lawyer who's going to be screaming at you if they're if they're this super aggressive lawyer. 
Well, yeah, and yelling about, at you the whole time. So when you say you should talk to that lawyer, that does that cost money? That like that's a consultation, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a consultation. Some lawyers do free consultations. Some lawyers don't. Mm. I generally don't um, okay. for a lot of reasons. If you're referred to me by somebody that I know, and you come you know, in through a former client or something, I generally won't charge. Or I usually I usually talk to somebody, you know, for like 15 minutes or something, just so I can get a flavor for what their case is, whether I can help them or not. Right. But if you want to come in and sit down for like an hour, I do charge a reduced rate for that. Sure, I can understand that. And, and I think there are a lot of people out there, well, not a lot, but there are people that will go come in and talk to me for an hour. And then for free, right? And then they'll go to the lawyer across the street and they'll talk to him for an hour for free. And then they'll go to the lady down the street and they'll talk to her for an hour for free. And they just go through this, never really planning on hiring anybody. They just get five or six hours of free legal advice. Right. And then walk in the court and do everything themselves. And then walk in the court and do everything <laughs> themselves. So I usually, as I said, I do a reduced fee. I think it also kind of sets the tone like if if you're not able to pay a consultation fee then you probably can't afford to hire me anyway right not not to be harsh but no but it's a good insight on what you will and won't do or can and can't do yeah if you have trouble you know coming up with a consultation fee and it's not a ton of money but how are you going to come up with a two or three thousand dollar retainer right that's and that's, you know, some retainers can be two, three, four. Some lawyers charge a $10,000 retainer. I don't, but they right. do. And, it, and the retainer is just, that's a deposit. It's yeah, I was going to ask, like, what, yeah. is a, what is a detainer in, in comparison to, like, the payments? Like, yeah, the re, the retainer, it depends on how much I'm doing. So I, my retainers vary if I'm doing just divorce or if I'm doing divorce, custody, and support. It, it varies. But right. the retainer is, like, your deposit. So if you're going to, you know, have a roof put on your house, the roofer's going to come out and say, oh, okay, uh, maybe $10,000, put the roof on, we need a $3,000 deposit. Okay. So it's kind of your deposit. And then once, once you use it up. So it's like a Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. Uh, kicks. <laughs> and then once you get over the retainer, you get a bill. Right. And and the bill again is based on the hourly rate. Some people don't get beyond the retainer. It's most most do because I don't charge like super super big retainers. I don't. Well, what, so what happens if they get past the retainer and they don't pay? If because if, in, the, in in the conversation of saving money, that might be on somebody's mind. What's the what happens if yeah. you do that? You can always fire your lawyer. I have people that have said to me, hey, Carl, look, I, I like you, but I just can't, I can't afford you anymore. Right. And, and that, that's perfectly fine. They can either go hire another lawyer, which they usually don't. They usually choose to represent themselves. Right. And I, I have to file a form with the court that says, look, I'm no longer representing this person. They're going to represent themselves from now on. Well, I, all right. I'm sorry. My question was more specifically if they have an outstanding balance and they, they don't pay. You know, they just walk away and try and disappear on you. That's a good question. <laughs> um, I mean, depends. I wouldn't want to go head to head with a lawyer financially, but I, what, like, what are the repercussions of that? 
a lot of lawyers will sue the client because it's a breach of contract. Okay. Um, when I, you know, if, if somebody hires me, they, you should have a written fee agreement, which basically tells them, tells the client, look, this is how I bill. This is how much I bill per hour. This is what I bill for. You know, I bill for, as we said, you know, emails, letters, travel time. I bill for, you know, court time and I bill at X dollars per hour. And, you know, if you don't pay it, you've breached that contract. Right. So lawyers, there's a lot of lawyers that will sue clients. And now you're on judge I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm not going <laughs> to say what side of the fence I come down. Sure, no, on. no, no, I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying like, what could the repercussions sue be? Clients, some lawyers will sue clients. So yes, you could get sued for a breach of contract if you don't pay your bill. Okay. Uh, and, and in which case you're probably going to be held guilty and have to pay it because you yeah, signed a contract. You, yeah. Most likely you will. I mean, your lawyer, you should, you should understand that lawyers are, look, we're expensive. We're professionals. You know, sure, people don't I mean, have any worth problem. The value, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, look, people don't have any problem paying their plumber or their electrician or their doctor, but for some reason, you know, their lawyer, they don't want to pay them. I, and I'm not sure. I, I think a lot of it is because they think that I should only pay my lawyer if he, if he wins. I was going to say case, exactly right? that. Like if the result is what I wanted, then I should pay right. him. I will pay him. And so, you know, ethically, we can't, you can't have what's called a contingent fee in a domestic relations case. So I can't say, look, if I win your custody case, James, and we'd have to define what that means to win. Right. You owe, you owe me $10,000. But if I don't win it, you owe me nothing. That would be a like a contingent fee thing. Okay. You you can't have a fee you can't have a fee arrangement like that for a, for a domestic relations case because it's unethical. So, but a lot of people feel like, well, if they win, and again, everybody's definition of win is is different, that I'll pay them, and if they didn't win, well, I'm not paying them. Again, you're not pay you're paying me for time for time and advice that's what right and, and from what i gather and knowing you for so long you're the kind of person that kind of lets people know the general idea of what the outcomes could be so there's sure. no there's no hey you're going to win this it's hey it could go this way it could go this way this is why here's all the information you make the choice right. Exactly. And I, I will tell people, look, if you if we go to trial, I think I think the likely outcome is this. However, you should be aware it it could be this or it could be this. But I think, you know, the, the better possibility is it's going to turn out here. Right. So which is very respectable, you, which is what all I can do, because I don't know what a judge is going to do. I can I can have a pretty good idea what I think they're going to do. But you're going to judge. Eh, it's in a bad mood or your client doesn't really testify the way they should or the judge doesn't kind of connect with your client or a lot a lot can happen when you go to court so i don't guarantee i don't guarantee outcomes right you know if Which i'm representing I don't think you should child, because that's unpredictable no it's unpredictable if, if if we if i represent somebody like on a support case I can say to you, hey, James, I did the support guidelines. And if we go to court, you're probably going to get around 500 bucks a month. Right. And if we go to court and you get, you know, 475, 
did did we lose? Did we lose the case? I wouldn't look at that as a loss. I, I, no, I, I wouldn't either. But some people would. Right. Now, if I go in and I get you five hundred and fifty, just just because I estimated the five hundred. Now, did we win all of a sudden? I would feel like we uh, did. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, we got a little more yeah. than we expected. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. See, but some people would say, "Well, you know, I wanted a thousand. Well, you were never going to get a thousand, right? There's no way you're going to get a thousand, right? Okay. So, and and you know, just to touch, and I know we're getting towards the end of this thing, but the the other thing is, you got you always got to know what you're fighting over. So I always tell my clients, like that scenario I just said, if if the Differences between say four seventy five and five fifty. Well, if the other lawyer calls me and says, "Hey, uh, I, t- I talked to my client. We're going to offer you four seventy five an hour," and then I call you and I go, "Hey, James, they're going to pay four seventy not four seventy five an hour. I'm sorry, four seventy five for support." I'm on. right, right, right. And you go, "Well, you told me I was going to get five hundred," and I go, "Well, yeah, five hundred's estimate. That's it's, it's in that range. Well, I want five hundred. <laughs> okay well do you okay then the next question is do you want to pay me fifteen hundred dollars to go to court so you can Over get an 25 extra 25 dollars <laughs> you'd be surprised how many people do stuff like that that's that i feel like that's the you, egos and the pride <laughs> you, yeah you would be surprised and i tell them you're never you know if you're talking 50 bucks a month that's $600 a year. It's going to take you two years to break even to cover my fee. Right. But even then, like, all right, so you want to fight over the 500. You could go to court and the judge could say you're getting three. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Or it, could, it could come in even lower. Right. And I always try to tell my client that. Look, I would probably under that scenario take the 475 because it's going, you know, I would go back and say, hey, we want 500. And the guy says, no. I would say to you, James, it's we're talking twenty five bucks. It makes no sense to fight over this, right? But then you, you know what you're going to say to me, and I think you said this when we were kind of warming up this thing. <laughs> but it's the, but it's the principle. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the you're principle. Fifteen minutes late. <laughs> That's right. okay. hey, we we got to cut that part out. <laughs> and uh, everybody wants to fight over the principle, right? The principal, the judge, it's expensive to fight over the principal. It doesn't put any more money in your pocket. Right. It's just, it makes you feel better, I guess, as a person. Well, it's the principal, I want 500. Right. Okay, well, how much you want to spend over the principal? To me, it's it's dumb. Or how much you want to spend fighting over the sofa? You want to spend $1,000 fighting over the sofa that's... You can go buy one on Craigslist for three hundred bucks. Right. <laughs> like what? What right. are we talking about? But some people, well, it's the principal. I want that sofa. I, I want that flat screen TV. I, you know, I I bought it and I want it. Well, you know, why don't you just go buy another one? Well, no, it's the principal. Right. Okay. Right. Like if you're fighting over principal, you're going to spend a lot of money and you're not going to be happy. So you know know what you're fighting over and know what it's worth before you you know you tell your lawyer to fight over some of this right stuff. like it's, kind of pick your battles with the right yeah, information pick your battle fight over the big stuff you're going to have to compromise on some of this stuff and you know a divorce i you you want to get through it you want to get done with it and you want to move on all right that's, i have that's, uh that's i have one last question for you before we wrap it up here uh do you or have you? I'm assuming you have, but do you do any kind of pro bono work? I do, and and so people know what pro bono is. Pro bono is basically 
free work, right? right Is that what right. you mean by pro bono? Yeah, you know, just like to help yeah. somebody or, you know, yeah. to, to give to the community in some kind of way of helping legally or some, you know. I I do some pro bono work. I kind of build some people I will not bill for certain things, which I consider pro bono work too. For sure. In, in other words, if I say, look, James, I'll, I'll help you, you know, I'll, I'll draft your custody petition for you. You can go file it and I don't bill you for it. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah I do that. Cause I think that's, I think that's fair to do. I think, yes, lawyers should give back. Um, I don't actively go out and seek people for pro bono work. If somebody comes in and they have a problem and they legitimately can't, pay me and I can help them without billing them, I will. Because I, I think that's the right thing. Now I can't spend 40 hours doing it because I'll right. I'm, it. Yeah, there's there's a limit to that for sure. And I'm sure you don't but, just have applications for it on your website, but that, that's, yeah, no, that's respectful that helped, you do that. Yeah, I've helped people and say, look, I'll, I'll draft a letter and I'll send it out. If the, if the person responds, we can do it. I won't bill you for it. Or I can I can explain the process to you. I can show you where to get the form. I can send you the form. You can fill it out. You can file it yourself and it'll save you a lot of money. And so I will point people in the right direction that way. Right. Okay. No, that's yeah. respectable. That's, that's, uh, that's very kind of you to do. Because some people, they really do have a really hard time and they're just caught in a really bad situation and just need that hand every now and then, you know? Um, yeah. And it, it's expensive. I get it. I, I get that it's hiring a lawyer work. We are expensive and it, it gets very expensive. So a lot of people can't, can't afford a lawyer and that's just, it's just the way it is, unfortunately. But if I can help somebody out, yes, I will try to help them out. Good. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Just it came to mind. One last question. Um, do you do uh like um, I don't know how to word it. Like payments, I guess. Like financing or like can if somebody can't afford it all at once, but they seem really trustworthy, they're gonna get the money to you. Uh, if you get that vibe off of somebody, will you accept? Like, okay, it's a thousand dollars, but you know, give me two hundred every two weeks or something. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I do that. I I work. I try to work with clients within their budget obviously i can't do it on every case and if somebody says well i'll give you 50 dollars a month sometimes that just you know i can't i can't do that depending on how much you know time i have in on the case right but a lot of times yes there'll be a big month and maybe you know we were in we had custody trial and then you know it's a three thousand dollar month and i send them a bill and they go oh my god i don't have that kind of money I I work with my clients to be like, look, if you can send me w whatever works, right? Whether right. it's five hundred a month, you know, it, whatever it you guys discuss and agree on, right? Yeah. I will generally work payment plans with people, and hopefully they honor it. I have people that sometimes start to make payments and then they stop making payments, and then you know they never pay their bill. I get beat out of the money, but that's. That's part of doing business. I mean, I think that's huge on your end because that opens the door for a lot of a lot of people who aren't capable of putting those funds up front, having an opportunity to have good legal representation and, you know, feeling like they're not going to lose everything in their financial life over it, you know? Yeah, and I, th I think that's that's correct. Like you, some people get intimidated by lawyers. I tend to be, hopefully people pick up on the podcast. I'm pretty easy to talk to. 
And if you say, I've had people come in and say, look, you know, I, I just had to get a new, I just moved out of my house. So I had to get an apartment. So I had to put down the security deposit and I had to put down first and last. So I'm a little short this month, but my spouse has filed a divorce against me. You know, can I give you, you know, so much money this month and so much next. And then, you know, I should be caught up by the end of the year or something. Right. That's fine. I'll work with you. If you have some, if you have a plan or you say, well, I usually get a bonus at the end of the year, I'm getting a tax refund. I'll pay you then. That's okay. Or even if you say, well, I know I'm going to get some money out of equitable distribution. I can make payments. And then when I get my money at the end, I'll pay you off in full. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of ways we can work with people to make it more affordable rather than just saying, hey, it's five thousand dollars and that's it. Period. Yeah. And after listening to this video, hopefully everybody will understand the ways that they can make themselves save money when they do decide to hire a lawyer. Uh, but that is going to wrap up the end of the podcast today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you know anybody that would like it, be sure to share it with them. Uh, like, subscribe, follow us. Make sure you're paying attention when we post a new video. We generally do it once a week, every Sunday. Usually the videos are posted Sunday, sometimes on Monday. Uh, if you guys want to hire Carl or have any questions or want to consult with him, all of his information is at the end here. So just listen to the disclaimer and all of his information. If you have any questions for us or want us to talk about anything specific, shoot us an email. Uh, it's just lying around at gmail.com and we'll be sure to talk about that topic or at least touch on it. Uh, and we'll see you guys on the next podcast. The information contained in this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It is not intended as legal advice or advice for a specific case or legal matter. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as an agreement for legal representation. This podcast and parties do not represent you in your particular matter unless there's an express written representation agreement between you and this firm. If you're interested in obtaining legal services, head over to cnaplaw.com or call 215-268-6333 and schedule an appointment today. That's cnaplaw.com. 215-268-6333. For more high quality music like this, head over to bensounds.com.